0: Shauna Sylvester is running for mayor of Vancouver in this year's municipal election as an independent political candidate. She is currently on administrative leave from her role as executive director of Simon Fraser University's Center for Dialogue, though she does retain her role as a professor of professional practice at the school. She's the co-founder and senior advisor of SFU Public Square. She used to sit on the board of BC Assessment, and she's been a facilitator for and commentator on a wide range of issues from transportation to the environment to foreign policy. She joins us today to talk about her campaign. Thanks for coming in.
1: Thanks so much. It's great to be here.
0: Let's start with why you're running for mayor of Vancouver.
1: I'm running for mayor because I see our city at a crossroads right now. And it's a city that's hurting, on one level, and it's also a city that is thriving economically in some other contexts. What we are going to have at City Hall is probably the most fragmented and divisive council we've had in years. And um, this is not the time to put in place a partisan mayor. This is the time to have an independent mayor and a mayor who has particular skills. And those are the skills that get people to work, even though they may disagree. That's what I do. That's what I do around the world. I've done it for 30 years. And I think this is the time that we have a mayor that can do that.
2: You you mentioned a divisive council, and I I don't think many people argue with you about that. But uh, I think everybody's number one priority is probably going to be tackling the housing issue. And tell me a little bit about your plans to do this moving forward if you become mayor.
1: Sure. I've got a very detailed housing platform that is the result of several months of consultation and some of the best minds in the city helping me. So it's got six parts. The first part is let's look at the land we have, let's look at our assets, and let's put them towards uh, achieving affordable purpose-built rental. It's a really critical gap right now. We've got to get to 3% vacancy rates so that we can get those rates at a level where people can afford them. So people can live in the city that they work. Um, We need our first responders here. We need others here. So that's first. Second, I want us to become North America's capital for co-housing and cooperative housing. And part of that means right now we need to renew the leases on co-ops. Now, a lot of people don't know what co-ops are, but they're communities of people who live where market rental, people that pay market rentals subsidize uh, a third of their community. And they share daycare, and it's a place for seniors to be cared for. Um, It's a great model. It was something that was created in the 60s and 70s here. We have 100 co-ops that are on city land, and we have even more equity co-ops as well. They're a great model. Let's make let's create more of them. Um, the next is the idea of housing authorities. The idea that we can house employees, certain kinds of first responders, retail workers, frontline service workers in housing that's affordable. Ensure that they have that in perpetuity, than the way Whistler has done it for their employees. Um, it's a specific kind of model. The centerpiece of my strategy is really looking at how we create gentle densification across the city. How do we create incentives for landowners to create purpose-built rental, but also how do we create a source of income for affordable rental for people who want to create more market rental? So that's the building homes for people, people people-sized homes. And that's also looking at the whole issue of how do we ensure that the growth of the city is carried across the city and not just not just left to busy arterials. Um, The last piece of the puzzle is really we've got to get these city plans completed, but we also have to empower our staff to do that at the local level. And uh, let's look and engage the people of Vancouver, uh, the people who live, work, play here in the future that they want. Let's create a vision for the city in the way we created a reimagined downtown Vancouver. Well, let's reimagine Vancouver, um, but let's not let that hold us back in creating the the affordable purpose built rental that we need.
0: And when you say gentle densification, how does that compare to what we're seeing?
1: Now, so we see we've got kind of an addiction to large towers, condo towers that aren't meeting the needs of Vancouverites. They might meet the needs of an international demand, but they're not meeting what Vancouverites with small families, uh, young professionals need. They need a home. Um, they need affordable rental in some cases, but they also some want affordable home ownership. And uh, but at a, at a scale that meets their family needs. So we need to build that kind of housing and we don't have it right now. Um, we just don't have stacked townhouses. We have very few different kinds of affordable options for people and we need to build that.
2: I think one of the things Haley and I, we talk about in our own neighborhoods uh, respectively is that we'll walk by and there's a lot of these empty storefronts and yeah. they've been like that for months and months in some cases, even years. How do we make... I guess, small businesses more thriving within the city, what would be step number one for you?
1: There's a number of steps. One, they need the customer base back. If we're talking about West Side, Dunbar, West 10th, the customer base isn't there. And part of that is because we've got a lot of empty homes. We don't have kids on the streets. We don't have the density we need. So that's part of that gentle densification. Let's bring the customers back to the high streets. But then there's some structural issues. The policies that we've been implementing have created real barriers for small businesses. They're facing property tax increases out of this world. We've got to address those property tax increases. We've got to address the rental. Part of that is um, I'm looking at, there's the issue of permitting fees, the length of time it's taking for businesses to get the kind of um, permitting fees and investigations so that they can open. We've got to cut that down. We've got to deal with the conflicting policy um, that is within City Hall and really streamline that and fast track some of that. The other thing that we need to do is we need to look at structural solutions. And I used to sit on the BC Assessment Authority and I, wondering, I'm wondering, I'm not putting this forward as a plank yet because it needs more and further consultation, but is there a role for the city to advocate for a new category for local neighbourhood businesses so that we can create a new category within the assessment role that then enables us to apply a different kind of mill rate that would Bring down those property taxes to small businesses and give them some incentive to stay in this city.
0: Recent research from the Greater Vancouver Board of Trade suggests it's not just small businesses, it's also large companies considering moving out of not just Vancouver, Greater Vancouver entirely. Do you have any strategies for incentivizing them to stay or even choose to set up in the first place in Vancouver?
1: Absolutely. I I want to see Vancouver become a real Global Innovation Center. And to do that, we really have to look at what's in our toolbox as a city to enable that. Part of um, what those companies are dealing with is that we're losing our industrial base, um, and we need to increase that industrial base. So there's lots of strategies to think about. Can we go vertical? Can we look at ways of actually encroaching on other kinds of zoning to introduce a different kind of industrial that doesn't has the noisy, polluting industrial we used to have? So we have to look at that. How do we protect and grow our industrial base? The second thing is we have to look at transportation. Um, how are we creating transportation so people can live close to where they work. And we've got to come up with that housing options as well so that we can retain the talent. Um, They don't want to leave another city because they can't find it. They're going to go into poverty because to live here and work here is not – the way they saw their future going, um, so we've got to find a way of keeping them here through building that affordable housing. Um, but we also need to work with business to understand what do they need right now to keep them here beyond those mechanisms. Those are, and that's where you look at the role of the city in supporting trade commissioners, for example, in Latin America as an example, because. Mexico, Brazil are more important players now. How do we support a more um, conducive uh, relationship with our provincial government to really look at the economic development and economic opportunities here? I'm excited, actually, at the economic growth that we've seen in this city. Um, We're leading the country in economic growth. We've had more jobs here, and I think that's a trend we want to see continue.
2: You mentioned transportation a moment ago, and if you look at your platform, it seems as if you're advocating more of a multimodal sort of view versus some other candidates out there. How do you want to tackle this? How do you want to, I guess, unleash this certain strategy that you have in mind, and what do you have in mind specifically?
1: So I tend to look at transportation 10 to 15 years out. I don't just look at where we're at. And we have a lot of congestion right now, a lot of traffic congestion. And, and a big part of that traffic congestion is there's just too many cars on the road and not enough options for people to get out of their cars. So we got to create those options. We've got to really increase our investment in transit and transportation infrastructure. The next piece is we've got an electrification revolution coming at us. It's coming fast, and we're not prepared for it. So how do we build the infrastructure to enable electric charging? How do we build the infrastructure and prepare for autonomous vehicles? Because they're coming. And how do we look at that as fleets? Car sharing is a big part of this. How do we deal with that? We're going to have to deal with car hailing. -hailing. We just don't have the kind of infrastructure to get people moving. Um, But bicycle infrastructure also gets people out of their cars and on bikes, and it's, it's only 1% of the roadway. It's the highest form of um, transportation modal shift right now, and it's the least expensive subsidy. Uh, the, the amount that I'm subsidized to use my car is so much greater than it is for somebody either taking transit or, or cycling. So we need to look at what makes sense in terms of the best use of our dollars A big part of my platform is, um, and it's part of an economic development platform as well, which is we've got to build that Broadway corridor all the way to UBC and really connect that important economic hub to the rest of the city.
2: Yeah, advocating uh, because, I mean, it's not just up to the city about getting that. Particular corridor connected. So, what would be the strategy with regards to partnerships with, say, the province and the federal government as well?
1: Well, I want to work regionally with the Mayor's Council and really demonstrate how important this is to the regional economic development. So, that's a, and we, then we work with the provincial and federal governments. We also work with UBC. UBC's got to have an economic stake in this and they want to have an economic stake in this. But I think that there's a real interest and, and hunger to see us look at this um, from a futuristic perspective, rather than just looking at moving the people that we have now on the corridor.
0: I think there's a strong case to be made for looking at, say, housing regionally, same with, say, economic development regionally as we do with transportation. But of course, as you know, that can come with challenges if you have multi multiple stakeholders trying to come up with the best solution. How would you say we could work better as a region if you were elected mayor? How would you propose we work better as a Greater Vancouver Whole?
1: I take a regional perspective in just about everything I do and I have no problem and have, for example, when I worked on transportation issues, I was facilitating for five years moving in a livable region, which was a regional cons- a consortium of all the major transportation uh, players in the region. So I think it really is about leadership. I've had a number of mayors from different parts of the region contact me very excited that I'm running um, because they know I bring that regional perspective. Yes, transportation, yes, housing, yes, economic development are all regional issues. They're not just Vancouver issues and solutions to our problems come from a regional perspective. So I'm excited in working in that way.
2: I mean, we were just talking about attracting, you know, larger companies here as well. And one of the big issues that we always hear about is that access to talents as they need that here in Vancouver. How can maybe a municipal government begin to address, I mean, filling the talent gaps that exist through multiple industries across the city right now?
1: I think there's a number of things that cities do to support businesses in attracting and retaining talent. We obviously- let's deal with transportation and housing so that the people that come here can live here so that's one issue um we also through our vancouver economic commission have really uh, i think punched above our weight i've seen us work international meetings and we tend to punch above our weight in terms of advancing an economic vision i don't think it's for the city to choose what kind of businesses uh exist in the city or choose the winners or losers. That's not the role of government. That's you leave that. But there's a lot that we can do to create a brand, a support Um, for innovation, for business, there's things that we can do around zoning. One of the ideas I've been looking at is how can we ensure that we've protected the health, the innovation in health and life sciences in that precinct that we have, that health precinct? Let's make sure that the policies around building out that Broadway corridor don't make it unaffordable for our, our health businesses and nonprofits to exist close to our, to our health centers. So let's look at how we use zoning to support the development of innovation. Let's look at how we support young innovators, entrepreneurs, how do we support social innovation? And how do we talk to the federal government about really unlocking the resources that they have to support the infrastructure of the city so that we're set up to thrive and and be a real player economically, which we already are, but, but even more so. Um, it's, it's work I've done for 30 years. I've worked with various levels of government. I have no problem walking in and defending and promoting the interests, economic development interests of the city.
0: What would be your government's policies around cannabis?
1: Um i'm looking that's a federal government issue i think that the city comes in in terms of regulating and making sure that this is done in a way that is appropriate for business development and i'm looking to i'd expect the cannabis industry to start acting like a cluster a business cluster um acting responsibly uh staying within the regulations and i would hold them to account in that way um i uh I don't have an issue with the decriminalization, um, but it's not a big issue. I'm out front of. I, I'm. I see it as as another business sector that they will act accordingly.
2: I, I think you know if you look at the general business community, what is your pitch to them? Why would they want to have you you know sitting in the mayor's seat in a few weeks from now?
1: I think that they need to know and understand I understand business. I grew up in a small family business. Um, I have been a part of watching and supporting small businesses. I've sat on the board of the Downtown Vancouver Business Improvement Association. But more importantly, I've also served on large corporate boards. I served on the largest retail outlet. I was actually a treasurer and, and I've served at Vancity as well second largest credit union in the world. Um, at the time, I was uh, vice chair of finance and audit. It was a $14 billion uh, credit union, uh, sat on the, um, also on the BC Assessment Authority, always in leadership positions on the boards, looking at the finance and audit of those and the good governance. So I, I know and understand business. Um, and I know what it takes to, to make a business thrive.
0: Be it on the housing file or any other issue, Is there anything in particular you would move to undo or repeal or change when you if if elected?
1: Well, in the first year, I'm renewing those co-op leases yeah. first of all. Um, I'm going to, in the first hundred days, issue a report to the citizens of Vancouver uh, indicating where our money is going. Um I want to see a line of sight on the on the property endowment fund particularly. I want to, in the first year, really have a good sense of all of the assets that we have. I want to see a social infrastructure policy in addition to regular infrastructure policy so that we're actually looking at how we create resilience in the city. Um, I want to have a really good, solid working relationship with the people who are employed by the city to understand their views and how we can create far greater efficiency. And I definitely want to speed up the processes um, around building purpose-built affordable rental.
0: Great. Shauna, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. It's been a delight. That's Shauna Sylvester, Vancouver mayoral candidate running as an independent. And that's it for our show. Thanks for listening to BIV today.
2: Yeah, you can find out more over on iTunes, Stitcher. Also go to BIV.com for more of our news stories that you'll be following every single day. Thank you very much.